What's oh, up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Alphabets. Good to see you guys as you start to roll in. What's up, Mr. Speaker? Chilling, man. You know, I gave it. I gave it my all. It's a good solid eight months. I didn't do anything that I said I was going to do, but hey, I look good doing it. I look good doing it, okay? You haven't been in the Telegram recently, have you? No. <laughs> I was just, hey, we were ad-libbing there. I just used to call me Mr. Speaker. I'm like, I got to roll with it, you know? I, thought I nominated you as Speaker. Dude, I would go in there and wreck shop. <laughs> I know you would. I would wreck shop. <laughs> I would wreck shop. Um, before we I'm get like, started. I ain't scared of none of you suckers. <laughs> right. I ain't scared of none of you. Before we get started, uh, if you guys just want to go to MyPillow.com slash Alphavets. You can use the promo code Alphavets, MyPillow 2.0, cooling technology, queen king. Save 50% off. The original My Slippers exclusive flash sale, 40 bucks with the promo code. They got some Christmas products. They got eight products up right there. Go ahead, check it out at MyPillow.com slash Alphavets. The Gishi is low as $30 and a lot of good stuff on here. Get your Christmas shop done early. MyPillow.com slash Alphavets. And without further ado, that's Donna, hello. Hello. Hi. It's good to see you. It's uh hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming yes. on the show. And, oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm super excited to do this, especially because of the subject matter. Right, oh, yes. right. There's there's uh so much going on, and it's uh I, I just again I want to thank you for all you've done, uh, especially over the years. You've you've helped out a lot of people, a lot of people and bring them to truth, and especially me and Chris here. So we thank you. Oh, well, that's good to know because, I mean, I, I was, you know, with losing my dad, I was just lost and mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to do with myself. And I never wanted to be the person like on camera talking. Right. I was going to be a writer. I was going to be a professor. I had my whole plan and everything got disrupted. And I found that the way that I was able to sort of endure and heal from losing my dad was by watching him. Mm -hmm. And as I started watching him and I'm was now much more aware of politics and things going on in that area that I'd kind of not really paid too much attention to, but with Trump and everything and my dad prophesying that uh, I knew it was important and I knew there was a bigger thing going on. And so I, I just started to, share the videos and I did it on YouTube and I'm so grateful now it was an accident. I just wanted to share a link with people. And I'm so grateful now that I did that because people got to see, and then, you know, the cool thing about being able to share stuff that way is that so many people will have information that I don't have. So I can put up a prophecy of something and I may not understand something, but then like, for instance, there was a prophecy that was sort of weird where my dad saw a, a leaf on top of another leaf and nobody really understood what that meant. And then we, when we showed the prophecy to coders who code, you know, computer code, mm -hmm. they understood what he was prophesying about because he was describing something that only they could understand. So some of this stuff can get pretty deep. And I, you know, I, I have to honestly was, didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I just wanted people to hear, you know, th this stuff has been prophesied and there's stuff in here that 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 we can hold on to that can get us through what turned out to be just the wildest time in history. It was like 
all that happened to my dad. He got sick. He passed away. All this stuff happened. And the world literally went crazy. And at first I thought, well, it's just me. I'm grieving. And it just seems like, and then as the years passed, I started to realize, no, 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 no. Look back at what happened. And there were so many events that aligned along the way that uh, it was just undeniable. And the more time goes on, the more you can look back. For instance, my dad was scheduled to go to New York in the summer of 2015. And the trip got canceled. Everything went wrong that he planned and he had to postpone it a week. Well, he ended up with, without even planning this or meaning to, he ended up landing in New York City the day Trump came down the escalator. And at that point in time, it didn't mean as much to him because he didn't always understand what the depth of what he was prophesying. Sometimes he did right. have insight, but not always. Often he would forget he'd even prophesied some things mm -hmm. or he would be surprised at what had come out of his own mouth. Uh, one time we, he was in, in Paris, in France, and he started prophesying uh, about a Muslim uprising in the seventh century. And he prophesied about this, came off the platform, looked at my mother and said, what happened in the seventh century? He had no idea. And so sometimes things would just come from him because it, I, I'll, I'll try to describe this for you. It's, it's like if you're thinking something in your head, even if as I'm talking to you now, there's a split second of stuff going on in my brain to get mm -hmm. the words out of my mouth. Right. That is bypassed often with the prophetic. So it's, it's coming straight from the soul, from the eternal part, because that's what can grasp something timeless, like a prophecy. It's not contained in time space. And so there's a bypassing of the flesh. And this happens when you, when you fast and pray to, is that you're denying what? You're denying the flesh. It can be a lot of people. Most people do food, but some people will give up other things because it's a, it's flesh. So it's a comfort in the flesh and you want to deny that. And the more you deny it, it'll be very difficult sometimes in the beginning, but after a while you start to, to realize why, and you're not doing it in a way to try to kill yourself or starve or overdo it. You don't want to do that, but there's a necessity sometimes to, uh, to deny that. And that's what goes on with prophecy as well. These are gifts of the Holy spirit. So right. a prophecy being a gift of the Holy spirit, that same kind of thing applies that to, as say, speaking in tongues. A lot, a lot of people, you know, it, sometimes that can be a weird subject, but speaking in tongues, tongues, the same thing is happening. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's, you, you're not forming a word or a sentence or a conversation in your fleshly mind. It comes straight from the eternal, the real you. And so um, when you understand it like that, then you can look at a man like my dad and understand, you know, he didn't always know. And then you really see that it was really God mm -hmm. worked through him. And so he gets credit for being bold for, for um, the sacrifices he had to make because we didn't get to have a normal life. I mean, <laughs> we didn't have a normal life. Life and, and as I got older, I started to realize, you know, the other kids' dads don't do this. Right. Like, go to churches and we would meet other prophetic people, other prophets, other people. But nobody was ever quite like my dad. No. Like, that way. So it was, it was something unique and special that happened with him. And so for me, 
it became the honor of my life to share it with people. But I didn't plan for any of this to happen. I didn't plan to ever be on anybody's show getting interviewed about anything. I just wanted people to know that God is real, that he not only is real, he's not outside of observing, judging. He's in this with us. And in our unity, his message becomes stronger. I was telling somebody earlier today, my dad, you, if you watch him prophesying, you'll hear him encouraging the people around him to pray. Or if he was online, he would have sometimes tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people all over the world watching him live on the internet. And he was one of the first people to ever do that, if not the first ministry to ever do that, to go live on the internet like that from That's his right. website. So all these people, suddenly it's a new way of worshiping, a new way of experiencing God through this medium that we've been apprehensive about. Because, you know, remember WWW is the 666. Right. Uh, there, there is an element of that that we should be aware of, but it should never be, you should never be too afraid. Fear should not control you. I mean, you saw what happened with COVID. Right. Uh, I have to be careful when I, where I go, what I say, where I, <laughs> I get into trouble all the time, but because I'm not going to keep my mouth shut because I saw yeah. things happen. And then I, I had an advantage in knowing what was prophesied. And so as things like the 2020 election, there were prophecies I did not understand until after that election. Right. Again, I thought I had the whole thing worked out. I was like, okay, he prophesied two terms for Trump. I'm not even worried about this election. We already know he's won over so many people. He's going to win. Nobody thought about the cheating. So when that happened, I knew to listen to Rudy Giuliani because my dad prophesied about Rudy Giuliani. Being a watchman. Being a watchman. And he said, and you will mock him. And that's exactly what they've done to him. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so I knew, okay, listen to Rudy. So that election happens. I'm like, oh my goodness, what has happened? And so I start listening to Rudy and I'm watching Rudy. And I watched every single one of those, uh, the, the little thing where he brought all the witnesses and he had them in the little mm -hmm. hotel room and wherever he could get people. But I watched it all. And I heard what, what happened from that perspective in a court kind of setting where people were testifying. And some of it was pretty funny and wild. Some of the people, I mean, I enjoyed the whole experience actually. But at the same time, I knew, and the way that I know now, I don't know how these things are going to happen but I know they are. And I feel that we have a responsibility to be involved. Faith is action. You cannot just sit back and say, oh, well, we're going to be fine. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, like, oh, Jesus is coming back. So we will just sit back and wait. And right. Right. But God does not allow that. My dad used to say, when God speaks to you, it's the last comfortable day of your life because he didn't put you on this earth to be comfortable. Yes. Comforts are there for us when we need them, but it shouldn't be what our life is about. And I think a big part of our society is that we, we indulge in, in existing continuously in comfort, but that makes us soft. And I think that's a lesson we've learned through all of this is that we weren't paying attention. Like I wasn't paying attention. Right. You know, it was like, you know, when Obama was elected, it was like everybody was happy because he was the first African-American president. And there was a need in this nation to, to make that right, what was wrong. It has been a stain upon this nation. It has been used against this nation, sometimes wrongly, because European countries were also doing things, but they don't have to deal with what we, you know, but there was something different that happened here and it has to be acknowledged. 
and and there has to be a moving on from that. So there was a desire in all of us. So when Obama was there and he looked so great, and it didn't matter about party anymore because it was like we get a chance to make this right, and the, nobody knew how else to do that, you know. And so unfortunately, the enemy used that. Obama could have done the right thing many times, and he chose wrong. And all through his presidency, my dad was prophesying to him, saying, if you do this, your legacy will be destroyed. If you turn your back on Israel, there will be blood in the streets of America as a result. And that's what we've seen. Mm -hmm. Look at the summer of 2020. Look at the riots and all the things. And then the hypocrisy that we are enduring. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, I have gone on quite a bit. And I haven't <laughs> <even> <laughs> No. That's okay. That's okay. That that's okay. That's what it's all about. It's, uh, you know, me, me and Chris, we actually, um, so before your father passed, like, uh, I mean, I've been looking up Kim stuff, uh, your father's stuff for uh, at least 10 years. Okay. And, and it wasn't until after your father's passing is when, so you kind of took on and, and, and brought his legacy forward. But at the same time, you didn't, I don't think at the time, like you said, you don't understand what you were doing in, in a very good way. Yeah. Because Chris and myself were both people in the gutter and we met because of your father and because of the videos you posted. And this, like this whole podcast started because of the Kim Clement ministry and what you did. So yeah. it, it is I'm very happy. It makes all of it worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. It oh, is. You have, you, know, you have no idea. Like, um, yeah, yeah. He, um, what you did, cause you, uh, w if you hadn't have done what you did and, and pushed all that out, cause I didn't find him until 2017. And that was right after I'd gave my life to God. I June oh, wow. 20th. I still remember the day. And I told God, I just wanted the truth. Just show me the truth. Cause I never felt like I really belonged in the world. And like you say, the flesh, I, the flesh had me, the flesh had me alcohol, opioids, the whole, the whole thing. And, um, I came across, I wasn't even looking for it, Donna. I came across the prophecy, February 22nd, 2014. That's the one. That is the day. And it's like, it fell into my lap literally. And I watched it and I remember just, it's like everything kind of changed for me because I'm seeing it's like stuff. I didn't pay attention to the political. I made fun of people who talked about politics and yeah. So all of that transpired and it's like, I told we and is talk about all the time. It just fell into my lap and I know it was God leading me down this path. And now here we are, you know, I met him because of Kim Clement and we're mm -hmm. like, Hey, we should do a podcast. And the rest yeah, is history. I think we both it. made a thing. He prophesied that he said the church would change and church would become these little flames in houses, living room churches. And this is what we're seeing because the podcasting, the setting of the podcasting, um, it, it, it puts us into a situation where we're engaged in a conversation that other people can become a part of. And so again, there's a there's more people at the same time in unity. And there's something about that unity. Not without Christ, you get these people with the collective consciousness nonsense because they're floating around there. It's quite dangerous, actually. The, the, the people that do this, or if you if they go and they do ayahuasca with a shaman in South America, it, it, these are dangerous things because you need a protection when entering that realm. 
that spiritual realm. And, and you know, um, that can get pretty intense. I mean, if you look at the, at this stage, if you look around mm-hmm. our world right now and the things that are happening, it is a blatant, open manifestation of evil everywhere you look. Everything is satanic imagery mm-hmm. and flames and debauchery and confusion, all the awards shows and all the concerts. And, you know, I, I guess you guys must be around my age. Um, I was a teenager in the 90s. You remember how the world was then. And you think about it now. And, you know, that does naturally happen with time. Things change, but it's different. This is if you look at the hypocrisy of the things that happen, it's demonic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. This is a demonic the 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 anger and the division between people over politics now. I've I mean and I lived in Hollywood so I was living amongst the leftist of the left to the point that I was so sick of it. We left we left Los Angeles, we moved to Tennessee, we got out. And my mother was so prophetic in how she did that too because she moved to end of 2018, I moved 2019. So all before 2020 we had gone to Tennessee. Um, And my mom was always very prophetic. She was the one that put dad on the internet. Okay. And got all the people again, coming together. There's something in that unity. And on February 22nd of 2014, that's when he saw that. And he saw the new party. God wasn't satisfied with the Democrats or the Republicans. And he saw the scales removed from our eyes. And then Everybody was moving in unison together. I shouted, they shouted. I raised my hands, I raised their hands. We were one, one party of people. And amongst them stood one. That's right. And so these things that that came across in a poetic way are like also blatant and obvious. So whatever the enemy's doing, we see this blatant, brazen hypocrisy and manifestation of evil. God has a counter for that and a plan for that. And so the media doesn't cover a lot of it, but you've seen uh, some of these people are out there. And I've heard even from people who live in California, who are my friends that contact me, the amount of people just just swarming to the beaches to get baptized. I just watched a video of Kat Von D, the tattoo artist. I just seen that too. Baptized. Yes. Now, I, I remember when she had that reality show. My husband was a tattoo artist. He also left the industry. He was a well-known tattoo artist in Hollywood. So... Like he was the barber guy. What? Sorry, I'm not. What about the barber guy too? Richie the barber then gave his life to Jesus too, didn't he? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's okay. It's these most (laughs) unexpected people. Even if you look at um, what's his name, the British guy that just is getting accused of rape right now. What's his name? Uh oh, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Mm -hmm. Now he was married to Katy Perry. Katy Perry, my dad prophesied over Katy Perry at church when she was nine years old and told her she would be a famous musician and all this. And the most unexpected thing has happened and that you would think Katy Perry would be the one right now, knowing her background. And I've met her parents. I know her parents. You would think she would be the one, but she's not. It's him. So again, most unexpected people. And my dad was seeing that. He was saying... It's going to be these, you know, tattooed, pierced people with colored hair and they're rough around the edges and they don't fit the church mold, but God's going to use them. And so we're starting to see this, that the people who wake up aren't always the people we expect. 
And so we also, as Christians, have a responsibility to actually be Christians. And when these people, no matter how bad they've been or how awful they've been to us, maybe, you know, I've had people tell me I'm going to burn in hell and all this. And we have to be able to forgive them. We have to be able to forgive them uh, um, because we need them. We need more people to wake up, especially Mm -hmm. in America. America is more important than anywhere else in the world because the rest of the world follows America. Yes. No matter what's going on with currencies and military power, America influences the world. And I can say that as an immigrant, because we immigrated from South Africa. I was 12. So I lived long enough in South Africa and moved to Texas. So I definitely, it was a huge culture shock for me. <laughs> but I, I, I lived in South Africa long enough to know how important America is to the people, other people in other countries, especially places like South Africa or India mm-hmm. or Iran. Right. You know, because the church, the underground church is growing in those countries bigger than it is here. Yeah, I believe that was prophesied by your father, too. He said that America was the least evangelized country in the world because they, we've spent so much time going out. And, and always the most giving country, no matter where you go, they will say this of America. Americans are the most giving, most compassionate. And, you know, you might have people, you know, European countries might mock America for things, but they all know the truth about America. America is the shining light on a hill. It is worth saving. And the enemy will lie and try to make you believe that you are not important, that America was a big mistake. It is a lie. But we know it's a lie. And we can now see very clearly, even today, I mean, they've, they've gone and uh, impeached Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, breaking news. And, you know, there's much debate about this. I'm quite happy because I know he's a, he's a shill for the World Economic Forum and he should never have been there in the first place. And they, they had such a fight getting him in. But now another historic day. He's actually been impeached. I watched the video of them walking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. That was just too, he was was not happy. But the thing about it is he, I know because of Clay Clark telling me that he was there hanging around Trump and trying to block him from hearing negative things or anything about the World Economic Forum. So we knew long before the midterms that Kevin McCarthy was no good. Mm. And it was bad news him hanging around Trump. We knew that too. Right. So the benefit of that as well is that having met Clay Clark, God opened a door for me to be able to see the things I might not otherwise have seen or known in order to understand the depth of these prophecies. So if I have that window, I'm going to share it with everybody. So I have a window here that I can look through and say, okay, now, okay, I know Roger Stone. I know General Flynn. So I know them personally as friends. I can text them anytime I call them anytime I want to. And so I know that they're telling the truth, but somebody who may not understand the depth of it, and it could have been me, who's just hearing things on the news and doesn't actually have an interaction with these people, wouldn't know. And so the responsibility also is, and the need for podcasts like this, is it's because media is changing, news mm-hmm. is changing. They've messed that up. Nobody's going to trust those people anymore, Fox News. What, what's that woman's name? Dana, whatever, introduced oh. Hillary Clinton like that. Yep, just I mean, the other Fox, day. And what's sad is my dad prophesied Fox News before they were a news network. He said that they would be 
you know, the, a voice for the other side. But that was many. That was before there was a Fox News. So now to see it rise and then fall, mm -hmm. uh, my grandmother would have been very sad. She was. <laughs> she passed away fifty days after my dad. Oh, really? Uh, not his mother, my mother's mother, but they were both pillars in our family, and they were very good friends. And um, you know, she she was the one who used to tell me about the Clintons and tell me about, uh, you know, the politics the politics. So I, I, I had her voice, you know, there always, but it, it's, it's been advantageous to me because now I can look back and remember, I, I remember when this or that was happening and how she felt about it. Cause she was, she, uh, she was something else. My grandmother, she lived to be 91 and she was a very small little woman and she was very blunt, uh, not rude, but almost. <laughs> and so my, my father loved her and they were very, very close always. Yeah, I think I remember him telling a story about that. Glory. Uh, yeah, about prophesying over her. I can't remember the full story, but uh, he, I can't remember what that was. About. I don't remember either, but I'm sure. I mean, there were so many stories. Yeah. yeah. She traveled. <coughs> excuse me. She traveled with us uh, because before my dad went on the Internet, he was an itinerant minister. So he traveled everywhere. So my upbringing also wasn't really like I lived in one town and went to one school. I would have to, you know, sometimes do school on the road. And sometimes I was going to this Baptist school, this Pentecost. I went to all the, all the denominations of schools. And the difference between Baptist and, and Pentecostal was quite, quite a difference. Right. <laughs> I went to all those schools. And, and so our upbringing, and this is for my brothers and sisters as well, more my sister Jacqueline, because uh, we're closer in age. There's 10 of us all together. Five natural, five adopted. Okay. Yep. So I traveled all over the world with them. And um, uh, his ministry was itinerant. So my grandmother came with us because we were little kids and she would go to help. And so we had many adventures all over the world in Europe because uh, my dad would go minister in New Europe, Australia, New Zealand, all over Africa, all over America, Canada, South America. Not too much South America, but a little bit, yeah. So... He, we really just traipsed the world with him and he just prophesied everywhere mm -hmm. he went. And so I was a witness to that too. And I can, I can give input that someone else might not be able to give right. when it comes to these prophecies, because I remember things that were going on. I remember discussing some of these things with him. And so it, it's helpful. And so I started a show called Code Breakers Live because he did this segment on his broadcast called Code Breakers. And they would look at what he prophesied and if something come to pass, you know, him and Sue Neal at the time was, mm -hmm. was working with him and he would uh, bring up the news and they would look at different things. And he was prophesying about Elon Musk and um, about Tesla. And he was prophesying about death to death. That was a huge thing. Death to death, death to death. Um, so all of those things they would cover in code breakers. So what I've done is I've started a show on Sundays at three o'clock in the afternoon, Tennessee time. And I, cause you're central time as well. I am. He's Eastern. Yeah. You're Eastern. Okay. I'm close I, to you. Mess up, I mess up the time zones. I'm too terrible. It's, it's all good. <laughs> but I've started doing this on Sundays. And so I have it. I'm live though. So I'm live on YouTube, live on Rumble, and I can chat with people and answer questions. Like the Bill Gates prophecy. My goodness gracious. I would hear people oh. going on about this prophecy and, and misquoting him and saying he said Bill Gates was going to get saved and all these things. None of that is true. So I was given an opportunity to, for the first time, actually address it. And I said, look, he said, and this is all he said, Bill Gates will open a gate for a financial realm for the church. 
Mm-hmm. So I said to people, look, that doesn't mean he's getting saved. It doesn't. And even if, what if he does get saved? That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If someone as bad as Bill Gates can get saved, I'm all for it. So there's nothing wrong with that. But he didn't prophesy that. And so I have to be true to that as well. I can't allow things to just be sort of manipulated. So I kind of have to guard over that a little bit. And I do um, without being controlling because I don't want to manipulate it either. It's actually not, not easy for me. The Esther prophecy, my dad prophesied about an Esther who would rise up in the middle of the presidency. And even when he said that, he was sort of confused for a second. He goes, the middle of the president, like, what is this middle? Well, the Biden presidency is the middle. And and I, at this stage, believe that it could be Carrie Lake. Mm. Because he described her. Well, she, yeah. I, I have her number and we text sometimes. And she texted me the other day. It was, it was like she put my name <laughs> in. So she knows the prophecy. I've sent it to oh, her. Nice. Um, but the Esther prophecy has been a difficult one for me because a lot of women have felt that Esther call and they feel they are the Esther. And so it's, sometimes it can get a little tricky. People get mad because they're saying, no, I'm the Esther. No, I'm the Esther. <laughs> so I, so it, the reason I'm telling you this is so you can understand what I mean is it can get difficult sometimes mm-hmm. because I didn't prophesy these things. Right. I have experience as a witness. And also because he raised me, I understand how he did what he was doing, what was going on, the struggles he went through. So the meaning is there in a deeper way that I can have, like I said, input. But I'm not the person who's going to, I try to explain this to people. I'm not a per- the person who's going to announce this has come to, like, I can say this has come to pass, especially if it's obvious, like Trump will be a trumpet. All I'm doing is showing you that it was prophesied because that is a, there's a purpose to that. It's not just to entertain us. Mm-hmm. It's, to, it's, it's a guide. It's, it's lights along a dark path mm-hmm. that we're on. And if we didn't have these lights, it would be so much more difficult. And, you know, my dad's not the only prophet. There's others. Mm-hmm. And he often acknowledged that as well. And it's important to, to recognize that, too, because someone like, for instance, Amanda Grace, she was recently, uh, well, she prophesied a while back now about the python and the pythus spirit. Spirit of My dad had a whole thing. Or she didn't know, though. She didn't follow my dad back then. She had no idea. So in situations like that, you're going to get more insight into something that God's trying to show his people. And so it's such an interesting thing, prophecy. And it's been so neglected because it can be difficult because the, the there's so much that surrounds it, the Jezebel spirit, the manipulation and control that goes on, the divination, things that prophetic people have to deal with. Is, it's very intense and not everybody can make it through. And so, you know, it, it, it hasn't been... Um, and maybe it shouldn't be. It should be a bit of a more of a mysterious thing, but it is. And so I try to just say, look, this is what I have to show you. This is what was prophesied. My dad, I am here to say I was a witness to this. And you can access all of this stuff and come to the website. You can read transcripts. You can watch video and you can decide for yourself. Mm-hmm. But also you can become a part of a community that are looking at this. Right. Mm-hmm. And together we and that's the, I think the most important part is the together. And so if you look at what the enemy is doing, not only our physical enemies like China, but um, a spiritual enemy, the, end, the enemy, what is he doing? Divide, divide, divide. Always it's divide. And so now we're at a point where, I mean, you remember the dress where it was gold and white or black and blue? Mm-hmm. Now I saw gold and white. My dad saw, he was still alive when that happened. He saw black and blue. 
And I think about that often. And I don't know what that was about. It's a little weird if you ask me, but it's a real thing. Like some people see white and gold, some people see black and blue. And I think it's sort of like a, like a little reflection or a testament to what we're going through. And that the people on one side truly believe they're doing the right thing. And this is why you have so much passion. So this, but there is a counter. So we are awake. They're woke. Right. Mm-hmm. The devil is boring. There's nothing original. That's why everything's so boring now. If you notice, the music has gotten boring and the, the, the entertainment is boring. It's boring, boring, because the devil has too much say and he can't create. He can only imitate. And so everything we see is just regurgitated and old now. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, how many un- upside down crosses are you people going to wear? It's just boring now. You're not, you're not unique or an individual and mysterious and dark. No, you're doing what everybody else is doing. You're all sitting around half naked doing God knows what. And oh, I can just be whatever I want to be. That's what happens when you take God out of things because there's a foundation in that. And I'll say to people, you could be an atheist and still understand and agree with this concept and that the foundation of Western civilization is based on Judeo-Christian values. And that is what built our civilization. Mm -hmm. That is what built America. So yes, it has flaws because everything has flaws. Right. Everything, because this is a fallen world. And until Christ returns, that's going to be the way it is. So if we understand that, then we can find the good. And God is going to take a lot. All of this is going to be turned around for good. Look, mm-hmm. we know the ultimate story and what was prophesied. And a lot of that is starting to seep through. Yep. The Euphrates River is drying up. The yep. armies of the East are marching upon the West, which brings us to the Iraq thing. But this Gilgamesh thing, now this is something I've been obsessed about <laughs> for years before. I would say when, when the information about CERN started to come out, You're right. Mm-hmm. I was worried. I was saying they're going to make a black hole. They're going to make a black hole and we're all going to get sad. And I was telling my dad I was freaking out and he was laughing at me, <laughs> you know, because I, I can be overdramatic. And so he sort of laughed at me. He said, Don't panic, you know. Remember God, Donna, I used to say. Remember God. There is something about this subject matter, and I was even studying it at school. And because I know the Bible, when I went to school, my experience was I was going to a school in Los Angeles in the Valley at a community college. So the the indoctrination was uh, just already just Mm -hmm. off the charts. Luckily, I had some good professors. I had a good literature professor. English professor that I uh, I just loved. And he used to get so angry and scream and shout. <laughs> but my experience uh, there was very interesting because there was things that happened. Like I took a, a humanities class on ancient civilizations and we studied ancient Egypt. So we were studying their stories, which I'd read stuff, but I didn't really know. And I started to see parallels with scripture and independent. The professor doesn't even realize this because this professor is so godless. She doesn't know what's in the Bible. But I remembered in the story, for instance, the story of Joseph, the coat of many colors. um, That is so interesting. If you look into the, 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 the bloodlines and who was who, and I realized who the Pharaoh was, that was the one with Joseph and the coat of many colors in the Bible. And it was Akhenaten's father, Akhenaten was the pharaoh who moved the capital of Egypt and said, there's one God. 
we're not going to do all these old rituals with all these gods. And he, that's why he was killed because the priesthood, they were losing their money and their positions of power. And so they had him killed. And then Tutankhamun was his son. So that whole story, that's the one Joseph with the coat of many colors was tied in with. And the way I figured it out was in the Bible, when Joseph speaks to his brothers, he says, I have become a father of Pharaoh. Well, I didn't think anything of that until I studied Egyptian history. And I realized for a Pharaoh to call someone father of Pharaoh was unheard of. Anybody who worked for the Pharaoh was the son of Pharaoh, your son of Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And he loved Joseph so much because remember Joseph interpreted his dreams, ended up marrying his sister. Um, uh, uh, he called him father of Pharaoh because he acknowledged him as being someone he was under. And then it was his son who says, no, there's one God removing the capital out of out of uh, Cairo, I forget the name of it, uh, Armada. Or they built the temple, he built the temples there. And I mean, I mean, I don't know, but as I was going through that experience, I realized there's so much more to this. And so I did a whole semester on the Epic of Gilgamesh. I knew the whole, that's all we read the whole semester was the Epic of Gilgamesh and studying all about Mesopotamian history and all this stuff. And through that, that, you know, I just knew the story. And then years later, I end up finding out about the resurrection chamber. Right. Iraq. And it was in the emails, in Hillary Clinton's emails, where the Department of Defense is asking about the resurrection chamber. Now, I remember when that video came out around 2011 or 12, where they, the body and he had the mustache and the gold crown, and he looked like he was sleeping. And they were saying it was, a, and they had the Arabic newspaper up with the date. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what video you're talking about. Yeah, video. Mm -hmm. now, I've never known if that video is real or not, right. but that's what I thought of when I found out about Hillary Clinton's emails. And then the prophecy of my dad, where he shouts like that about Nimrod mm -hmm. and the ancient spirit, is very interesting because it is an ancient spirit. Look at the behavior. You've got the adrenochrome story and what these yep. people are doing to babies and children, along with abortion. Mm -hmm. All of those things are are ancient rituals that people have been, the, the Mayans were doing this because they knew about the pineal gland. They knew, maybe they didn't know it in the language or the understanding that we do, but they knew. And that is, a, it, it is a, the darkest, most demonic, most shocking thing. And I think of my dad saying the hearts of once compassionate women would cook their own children. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the food, the children, your, your children will no longer be food for them. And that's the aborted children. What are they doing? Because these people are desperate to cover it up. If you look at the way of the behavior, it's desperate. Mm -hmm. So people are being threatened. People are being blackmailed. So my question has been, but there has to be a they. Who are they? The deep state, the cabal, the Illuminati. The, we've heard it our whole lives. We've all watched Alex Jones. We've seen the... <laughs> But who are the, what are the names of the people or is it something else? Right. It's, it's, it's demonic. I mean, I mean, that's just it. It's, it's all a devil's game. And it actually, you said it earlier, the devil can't create, but he can imitate. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he's been doing. And it goes all the way back in Genesis and he's still doing it to this day. And th that's exactly what those emails showed from Hillary Clinton looking for Gilgamesh. It, and then when yeah when your when your father prophesied about that spirit resting upon the Middle East starting with Nimrod and how it's knocking on our door, yep, like that that is one of the that just thirty seconds of Kim 
speaking gives me chills every single time. Like my whole spine. Every time I've ever heard that one, but it's been years since I'd forgotten about it. And then I saw it there on Twitter and then Clay Clark sending it to me. And I looked at it again. I thought, how could I not have realized? Because Nimrod is Osiris, is Gilgamesh. They're the same. Look, I don't have proof of that. But I know enough that that makes sense. So there's some of these things we have to kind of look at that. When you look at the book of Enoch, Mount Hermon, all this stuff. Are, are there, is there something else is the question I'm asking? Because we know there's demons, but demons, we deal with demons. I'm not even worried about demons. This right. is something else. This is, like he said, it's an ancient thing that has such control when it is allowed to. And that's individuals giving that control. God gives the most freedom, by the way. People try to make out like he restricts and da, da, da. it's not. God gives the most freedom. Anytime you let the enemy get control of anything, you will be a slave. Mm -hmm. yep. So we're looking at sort of a level of slavery in a different kind of way. Uh, it's like an en masse. And look, it's again, it's history repeating itself. That's why we got rid of monarchies. So you wouldn't have a small group of elite and everybody else is in poverty. And they're trying to bring that back. And that's when the globalism becomes a real problem because then you can't get away. It's like you see all these people rushing to America. They mm -hmm. want to be here, let me tell you. Because there, there's an option. If you have a globalist, global governance where it is centralized to one point around the whole globe, there is no escape. That yeah. would require Jesus to come back. I think there's no fixing that. Absolutely. Along with the, 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 the mixing of AI, which yep. my mom describes that as the, the iron and the clay in, in Daniel's vision of the yep. feet. The iron and the clay that won't mix. And then you, you, you think in Revelation where they say, uh, it speaks, I forget where, but they, it speaks about they will cry for death and it will not come to them. Mm -hmm. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. You think about people like Yuval Noah Harari and Klaus Schwab over there, Pinky and the Brain, they're going to take over the world. They've got their little plans and schemes. Those <laughs> idiots, they're so obvious. <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Doing that, you can do the genetic editing. You can live forever. Yeah. And then they, they go on about how God's dead. But then they want to make an AI God. And an AI, why would you bother if there was no God? Why would you even bother with all the ritual and all the, don't even bother with it if there's no God, if you really believe that. So they don't really believe that. Right. So it yeah. becomes defiance. So then I, I see you, Val, and I think of a little horn. <laughs> you know, the 10 kingdoms, yeah. the 10 yeah. horns, the little horn that comes, that that's what he makes me think of. No, it's, uh... He was involved in the Gilgamesh pro project. Who? Yuval Noah Harari was involved. Oh. It's somehow invited to look into it more, but he was somehow involved with the Gilgamesh project under Obama. Mm -hmm. Clay Clark is the one that told me about that recently. So I have to look at that more. But this Gilgamesh thing, it, it keeps coming up. And I even wonder about the our invasion of Iraq, what the real reason, because it doesn't well, make sense. Well, that's just it. I mean, so they, they say constantly that uh, obviously it began with weapons of mass destruction. And that's right. why in that tweet I said in a different sense. Yeah, because what they want to create is something, an entity that is so ancient that would bring destruction. So in a different sense, yes. But and then you got people to say gold and the oil, but it's something so much sinister than that. And And if you look at what a lot of the places they attacked first when they invade Iraq were museums. Yep. They went to the museums. 
that it was an excuse because I heard that it was German archaeologists that uh, Saddam Hussein had been damming off the Euphrates, you know, because they were dividing the water up between the nations. You had Turkey and Syria and everybody. And they were, you know, and it was all agreeable, but everybody had their agreement about the flow of the Euphrates because they all used the water. And he dammed off section, sh sections of it. And right. this particular section where in the Epic of Gilgamesh it's recorded that he is buried was no longer covered in water. So they went and excavated it. Next thing, the archaeologists, the German archaeologists, the German, by the way, are sent out. And then we invade Iraq. But Osama bin Laden is a Saudi CIA operative. So this exposes everything, going all the way back to JFK with the CIA. I can't mm -hmm. even be. Because that was the coup. And so right. there is something in our hearts when we see, J, when we see RFK Jr., uh, there's something in our hearts that knows that there's something that has to be made right here. And there is something about the father and the son and the genealogy and the bloodline. It is important. And so uh, when I look, even though I disagree with him on so many things and I know he's not going to be the president, he mm -hmm. has a part to play here. He has a right. Right. A right. That's what it feels like to me. So I've been very accepting of his presence and I, he will not be president, but of his presence, I am accepting. And dad prophesied about a Kennedy in the White House. And that doesn't mean president, but he was talking about things that had to be made right in that prophecy. So the emergence of these things, it, 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 there's been a great unveiling for all of us. Right. Where things that were conspiracy theories are not anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that would shock you the most. And then, you know, like, the whole alien thing. I can't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you could, <laughs> you know, they've even come out and they're starting to say things about that. I think it's a distraction when they do it. Every time, yeah. every time they find Bert on Biden and they indict Trump and the aliens are coming. So it's like, it's like, again, boring. It's so boring at this point. It's like, can you just come up with a new thing? Cause we all know you people are yeah. lying and putting a show on for all of us. The playbook known, yeah. God has exposed it, and they're exposing themselves too. So that's the good in it. Yeah. But I think when, when we're talking about like weapons of mass destruction, I thought about that in Iraq, and I thought, well, Saddam Hussein was a lunatic, and maybe he, they did find something. I don't know what it could actually be. Like in reality, like when you're, you know, you could imagine things and conspiracy mm -hmm. in the reality of whatever it is. You know, maybe they did need to stop Saddam from having access to whatever this is. Very possibility, yeah. And, may, and this is all speculation. Maybe, you know, then you start to look at the particle colli collider and where they've put it. They're being specific about where they're putting things, which makes me feel like they're being guided by something. And you look at the spirit cooking, they're communicating with these spirits. Mm. Um, they're communicating with Moloch, Baal. They're mm -hmm. communicating with them. So what is happening? And I think, I, you know, I, again, I don't want to speculate too much and, guide, you know, guide people in the wrong direction, but I think it's worthy of, of note. Yeah. I think, and I don't think it's just demons. I think it's something else. I think it's something we need to pay attention to because that's like long-term problems. Right. I mean, there's, it's, it's tough because there's so much, especially with uh, what we've talked about with like Boone Cutler and, and, and General Flynn about like AI, 
and and what can be created what is what's real what's not i mean there's so much psychological warfare out there that it's it's hard to depict what's what at this point so looking at something on a massive scale like that um it's it's hard to comprehend but Mm -hmm. i i understand what you're talking about in regards to it there's something there could possibly be something else there um I think that was supernatural. I think it's lost to us. I think there's more to the story of Nimrod. He wasn't just, think about it. He wasn't just building a building. No. I think it was more than that. Well, the, I remember, so in that, in that tweet, I had Kevin Zadai's video attached to it. And he's, and he's, he was talking about Gilgamesh and he's like, he was like, Nimrod was the first Mason. This is what he was saying. He said that's where the G came from because he changed his name to Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. But he said that spirit was the Antichrist spirit. So whatever, I guess, I understand you don't need a, necessarily a body, um, but could they be trying to create something besides a body with that spirit itself of trying to resurrect this DNA, using this DNA who knows what they've been trying in uh, in at CERN? Uh, yes. it's, it's that place is completely demonic with all their rituals and their dances and everything that they do. What are they doing? What's that? They're supposed to be scientists. What are they doing? Why? It, Why? Like, I've seen the, the rituals they're doing. Why would that be what they do? Well, see, that's just I've it. Like something's up. Yeah, like you mentioned, yeah. it's almost like when. Um, Cause it was the first thing we've thought of when we first like discovered CERN and went down that rabbit hole of, well, are they trying to open a portal? Mm-hmm. Like that's what it kind of seemed like. And it still, still could be to this day, but are they doing all these rituals trying to bring something in? Um, that's and that's about and More it's, black holes, right? My right. initial concern had been, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to, nobody's done this. They're going to collide particles and start, you know, and my vision is that we would just blink out. <laughs> so that was my nightmare. But really, if you think about the spiritual realm, my dad often spoke about the veil. Yes. And the veil being rent. Now, there's a way we understand that, but perhaps there's more to it. And, and, and what if there is some kind of a, you know, something that can be done to open up something that if you do that it could be very very dangerous you could be letting in things that aren't just like i said just a regular demon mm-hmm. that's nothing they're, they're like gnats you just yeah like people get afraid of them they try to make horror movies if you lived in a home like mine with the spiritual warfare we went through that is nothing that is nothing and uh really people shouldn't worry about demons you could you they're very easy to overcome them Right. You, you have to control yourself. And the more you control yourself and control the flesh, that becomes so much easier. So there's so much more to the fasting and the prayer than just your maybe 30 days or 10 days or whatever you do while you're fasting and praying. There's a long-term thing that happens in there that helps you deal with those things so much easier. So that is why Jesus said the way you deal with these things is fasting and prayer, principalities and powers. So there's that that we understand. Um, and I'm not trying to add to anything, but I'm just saying there is record of these strange things all mm-hmm. through the Bible. And then in things like the book of Enoch, which was only taken out of the Bible about 500 years ago, I think it was. And the Ethiopians kept it in. Yep, they sure did. They this sure is my did. problem with Trey Smith. Is I've learned a lot about this because of him. 
But, um, you know, because then you understand, it, because it all makes sense then with what you read in the Bible at the same time. There's nothing wrong with, you're not adding to the word by reading what other, I mean, I read Spurgeon, I read my dad. I mean, people have stuff to say and it's okay to, to listen. You're not taking it as gospel, but it's worthy of note. So that's, that's basically how I'm dealing with this. I'm paying attention and I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to look at this in a traditional sort of the way I would sort of normally just brush it off. Oh, that's interesting because it keeps tugging at me. And it has for years, long before my dad got sick and passed away, long before Trump, long before any of this, it was something that I had been watching and mm -hmm. studying and learning about is this history where some of it isn't, We've not been told everything, that's for sure. I think no. you do find people go too far with the conspiracy theories, and I don't want to ever do that. But that is happening because we've been lied to so much, and they cannot expect anything else from people. Right. There's actually uh, That's actually one thing I've addressed in the, in the recent months is I understand there's a lot of conspiracies out there that are true, but there's a lot of people that take conspiracies about everything and they make it unbearable to even live life because yeah. there's a conspiracy about everything. And that that's something we have to slow down on. And that's where my oh, yeah. concern has always been. But it's like, you know, I, I, I thought this is how I deal with it. I just said we're talking about conspiracy theories and that's what they are. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically what I, what it is. But I just I see that my dad has prophesied about this. So, I mean, okay, what may or may not have happened in Iraq or resurrection chambers, we can put that aside. But there is one thing we do need to pay attention to is that there is a spiritual aspect to this. We see what is happening on earth. So we must be aware of what is happening in heaven. And so that is the spiritual eyes that Christians are the ones who are going to understand this. Mm -hmm. The Christians are going to be able to handle this. The others can't because they can't see it like we do because they right. don't see the world in that perspective through the eyes of a Christian who is being Christ-like in how they live. And so that is, my dad was saying we have to go back to the, the basics of apostolic Christianity. Yes, he did. The first century church. Because, and I keep telling people too, I mean, we have had thousands of years to debate and argue and understand the doctrine. We don't have time anymore. We are running out of time. Things have gotten out of hand, and there is a requirement of action upon Christians at this time. Uh, you know, we, we pay it. For my mom, you know, she's really into the eschatology right now, and I think that she needs to be doing that. She's not doing it in a way like Jesus is coming next Tuesday. Everybody sell your stuff and put your pets down. We're all going. That's not what she's doing. But it is because all of a sudden she, she became interested in that. She never spoke about those kind of things. My dad was always up and she'd always say, Kim, what does the Bible say about that? You know, that's how she handled it. But then around 2009, 2010, she started really getting into the word. And God put a burden on her heart for this, to look at the eschatology and look at the return of Christ. Because we don't know when it's going to be, but we are much closer now. Right. And I do say that in a general way because the Euphrates did dry up and the armies of the East are marching upon the West. So wherever we are, we are at least one step closer. And we are starting to try to understand, well, what is mystery Babylon, for instance? People mm -hmm. want to say it's America. It is not America. Mm -mm. It's not. I sometimes wonder if Internet and the AI could be the mystery Babylon because we found the Internet. How do we know how advanced 
the world was before the flood. We don't. We assume they were walking yeah, around steps and steps. How do we know? I they don't have, believe it. I don't of, believe it. They, look what we've done in 100 years since World War II. Right. And that's, we've done that before in a different way. What about, about frequency and vibration and sound? That's lost knowledge, but that can heal, that can build. I mean, we, we know the legends, and I think they're true. Mm -hmm. We look at things like, like in Greek mythology, you have like the half goat, half man, half horse, half man. I think they've been doing that. See, I love this conversation because yeah. I've been learning so much about this. Like you take the the mythological gods and yes. that that are that are shown, but like people need to understand that came from somewhere. And pre-flood, like you got to think that basically a reset button was hit and how advanced it was back there. We, like you said, we have no idea. They could have been a different type of technology. It's almost like a fork in the road where they went a different way of advanced technology and we went this way. And you look at all those, like um, there, there's, there was a show I was watching where they're talking about the frequency and vibrations of these, these rooms that were made that are so advanced but they date thousands of years. And I'm like, how could they have done that if if they didn't have the proper Tools, technology? To, yeah. That. Like it's and it's fascinating to think about, but we've gone through like the, the mythological gods about half man, half goat. Well, what has Satan been doing since Genesis? He's been manipulating DNA. And that that's what that Schwab doing. Yeah. Now, to get to where they are now, they had to have experimented with animals and humans. So it, this is another completely independent thing that happened to me. Is sometimes I get overwhelmed. I found myself getting too angry. I had to confess to everybody the other day that I've become too angry. I need to get control of myself. I'm screaming <laughs> at the TV and my like I'm sweating and I'm out of breath and I'm saying, ah. So that's not who I am. It's, it's not characteristic of me. I'm usually very calm. I, I, well, I can be dramatic, but I'm not an angry person. I'm not. And so I'm, I'm finding this is unnatural and I, and I don't like feeling that way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we're talking about, okay, if you go back and you think about the mixing of the genetics and you look at Klaus Schwab and them and they're doing the, 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 the genetic editing. And then Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man returns. Why? Because what happened last time? He had to tell Noah which animals to yep. put in the ark. And the two of these, two of these, two of these, two of these, because they had been messing. I think they, I speculate, but they could have been messing with genetics. Yep. And so I started to, I, I was, like I said, I was getting angry and I needed to not see politics or anything to do with it. I needed to watch something else. I can't go the filth on Netflix and things like that. I can't even look anymore. So I went through YouTube and I, I'm a sucker for a good story. I'm a writer. I love a good story. So I found these channels where people just read stories. And one of them was this woman and she reads people's stories. They email her. And so every day or every week or whatever it is, she will read a list of stories people have submitted and it's just their stories, but it's particularly about cryptids, Bigfoot's, you know, they have different kinds of YouTube channels that do this. And really, it's they play B-roll and someone's reading a story. And it's relaxing. So I put one of these on and I'm interested in the cryptid stuff. And so I put that on and I started realizing, okay, this is going on in national parks. 
So there's not a lot of people there. And people ride in and they say there's, uh, I was working in a lab in a remote part of Yosemite National Park or Yellowstone. And we encountered this, we had this experience or there was this creature that ended up eating these people. And then the FBI comes in and they cover it up and they, you know, it never makes the news. We never hear anything. So these kind of stories are what she's reading. And so I found other people also doing this. And you start to listen to the stories and you start thinking, well, this many people couldn't be making it up. Right. People are seeing something out there. That's why you hear the Mothman and the, and the, you know, the even the New big Jersey story, devil, the indigo, yeah. all these creatures. And if you think about it, well, can everybody just be, all these thousands and thousands of people are just imagining this? Or maybe they're testing the mixing of human and animal genes out in remote areas. That seems more believable to me than thousands of people just making up a story. Right. But that independently got my attention. But I remembered, well, if you, you were doing that, you're messing with genetics. So what are you testing? Are you mixing human and animal genes? I mean, if they if they if they're creating bioweapons in labs, oh yeah, then they're definitely messing with genetics and mixing things up. Yeah, if if how come Klaus Schwab can do the genetic editing on humans because they test it on animals? Right, and I think I think people are living, and I'm not like trying to be mean or anything. If people are thinking in a small-minded way of that can't happen, that's See, that's that's stuck in not expanding your mind of what can actually be possibly done. I mean, even they came out the other week of their first embryo from DNA and something else. This was posted by the Guardian news outlet. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. And so they've already created, they're already doing this and trying to play God. And, you know, we talk about technology and everything of how whatever technology they have is at least 20 years in advance of what we're dealing with on a, oh, yeah. on a simple basis here. So, I mean, we got to think of what they've been doing for a long time. And again, like you said, with all the, the, the Bigfoots, the stuff like that, how can, how can only, how can all these people make up the same story? Why, you know, why, why would you and I'm not saying it's God's creation. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying DNA manipulation is a very real thing yeah. and they're doing it each and every day. I mean, they're experimenting on humans. <laughs> you see it now. And then, and I mean, and then you hear Klaus Schwab saying with the genetic editing, we can make you live forever. And then you, yeah. you, you see why they wouldn't want God in the picture because now they can live forever. They can control other people. Now everybody can't live forever though. You see, and this is where they have a problem. Mm-hmm. They need people to die or we will be overpopulated. We're not really overpopulated. That's nonsense. The, the bigger cities are overpopulated regions. You could fit the entire earth in Texas. So that's nonsense. But it would happen if you if they figured out a technology and, and a way to just keep replacing your organs and replacing everything and half machine or whatever, then you could live forever. Mm -hmm. But not everybody can. So now it seems like it's almost like a race. And again, it's just pure speculation on my part. This is my observation, what it looks like to me. You see these people racing, these celebrities and these people that are almost the billionaires. You know, you see them racing around and they're acting sort of strange, especially about Trump. You know, it's very eye-opening about a person when you see how they react to Trump. Right. And so when you look at like Robert De Niro was just like out to get him. It's like, why? Why do you hate him so much? Why would you care that much, Robert De Niro? Unless you're worried about something. Mm -hmm. Well, those it's who scream the loudest... 
Right. So, so this is, it's become very easy to recognize, okay, these people are scrambling. They're afraid. They're being blackmailed. You've got the Epstein Island kind of entrapments that I'm sure have happened and all kinds of things that have happened that are still happening. Um, so you see people, but you also kind of get the feeling like there's sort of a race going on. Mm -hmm. We're not in on it, but I think it's like, who's going to be in that elite group that right. gets get the genetic editing and the stuff? Right. Because they want to depopulate. What is it? Agenda 2030. They want to depopulate yeah. the earth and all this. It's because of that. They think they've become God and they figured out how to live forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And even even your father, he had a prophecy from um, obviously I'm sure you've seen it, but he, he had the prophecy from 09 where he was talking about there will be a president and his anointing will expose everything. And he won't even Without know him it. even knowing it. And he was talking yeah. about Trump. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That he would have this anointing that he would just him being there. And that is what we witnessed. Just him being the outsider. They had their plans. They've had their plans. I used to say. It's always a Democrat and then a Republican and then a Democrat and the Republican. <laughs> and it seemed like they were taking turns because they were taking turns. Mm -hmm. yep. And now that we realize this, we understand we are being misrepresented. These people whose whole purpose is supposed to be to represent a group of people because it's a large group of people. Then one of us goes to represent, mm -hmm. you know, to be our voice because all of us can't go. That's all it's supposed to be. It's turned into a disaster. Right. I mean, this is a disaster, but at least we can see it now. And if you see what happened today in Congress, as unsettling as some of it may be, there it is. like overall, there it's a it bit crazy because you're like, man, now we're not, you know, now the Democrats, they must be all happy because now we're all fine. No, 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 no. It, the, that message is being sent very clearly. And more and more people are waking up and becoming a part of that one American party which is saying, forget Democrat and Republican. They're a uniparty. They're crooks. And what they are doing, using Ukraine as the whore of the world, for the Ukrainian people, I weep the most. Mm -hmm. Because they are being, they wanted a democracy and to be able to vote. Mm -hmm. After the fall of the Soviet, look, there's bad people doing bad things there, but there's bad people everywhere doing bad things. You're never going to get rid of that. But at the end of the day, a country who wanted a democracy has been abused in the most disgraceful way. Right. And so I weep for those people. But at the same time, you look at what's going on. The, the, this whole thing with, with Kevin McCarthy was about the funding. Now, what's interesting is my dad went to Ukraine. All the years we traveled all over the world, he never went to Ukraine. Beginning of 2014, he wanted a specific pair of boots because he was starting this thing called Boots on the Ground, where he was going to go and prophesy on the ground, and he wanted these boots. And the boots were only made, the ones he liked, were only made in Ukraine. Next thing, he's going there. And I'm thinking, Dad, you're going for boots? No. God sent him. And this is what Boots on the Ground was all about. There's something about your physical presence in a region when overcoming what dominates that region on a spiritual level. And he saw the need to go there. And man, he made a big deal about Ukraine. And it wasn't, you know, and, and there's a danger also because of Putin and the way Putin is behaving. People think, oh, we're cool with, no, no. My dad saw lots, lots, bad, bad. Both things can be bad. Yep. And that's something we need to realize too. It's not as black and white as good guy, bad guy here. None of it is. But it's, it's forced us into a position where we have to focus our eyes and look and pay attention and do some work. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not going to hurt us.
-hmm. And at the end, it will bring us together because the good thing about this is my dad saw victory. He saw the rise and fall of a fourth Reich. He saw these things that would happen, that God would come through and present himself the way my dad said it was present himself one last time before Christ comes, that there would be an awakening that would be bigger than a revival. He said, take all the revivals of the past and put them all together and it will still be nothing compared to this. He said, you will say nothing like this has ever, ever happened before. He even wrote a song about it. He said it prophesied it so much. He wrote a song about it and everything. This will never, ever happen before. And, And this is, the, the reason that I'm saying that is because it, it's not only with the bad things, but with the good as well. Mm-hmm. So we have been saying, oh, my God, we've never seen, like today, we've never seen this happen before. They impeached right. the speaker of the house. We've never, we're saying it every day. And that's why I think he was prophesying it so much. And the other thing he prophesied was death to death, though. That there would be a new energy found. He saw a car where you could, you would have, I think he said, five different options of what kind of energy to use. Oh, really? Yes. <sighs> So these things will be made right. He prophesied about how God said he will take care of the refugees, but there will be no more UN. So that they are a stench to God's nostrils. And there they've got the statue of Shiva in the front of there. Well, no, no, they've got the one from Revelation in the front of there. They got the, the yeah, jaguar. The, yeah. Cern has Shiva. Yeah, Cern, Shiva. Ah, uh, the who? The who? Uh, the who. That's right. The who. So if you start to, if you look at it, some of it has turned out to be a lot more literal than I expected. Right. And it's, it is. These images of what they're putting up outside these official buildings and you're going, what is that? Like that is 666. And you, did you read Revelation and put that up just to mess with us? Do you realize that as my God, you are fulfilling the very, what was prophesied in the very Bible you you refuse, that you Mm -hmm. want to throw away? That behavior is a fulfillment of prophecy. It's, it's astounding. It's actually astounding. But it shows you how little people know the word and they should read the Bible. Mm-hmm. We should be reading the Bible because you know what I found? You go back and you're going to see something new every time. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's going to hit you at a different level. There's layers and layers and layers to just one thing in the Bible. It can be so deep and mean multiple things at the same time. It is. There's nothing like it in the world. And we've become, it became so normalized, even for me. It becomes so normalized. You know, oh, I know that. I know that story. I've read it a thousand times. Could read it again. You will never know. It, 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 I often compare it to like being on the surface of the ocean. And you look out, and you're on a boat, let's say, and you're looking out at the ocean. It's just so spectacular and beautiful and amazing and vast. And you haven't even gone underneath. If you are brave enough, hold your breath and dive down and look how much more is there. And that is how the word of God works. I like that. How I see it. It's like a... There's so much in it. So keep reading it because if you are knowledgeable in the word and it's not being able to quote verses so that you get in an argument and you throw some Bible verse at someone out of context. That's not what I mean. (laughs) Don't even memorize. Don't memorize. Just read it and Mm -hmm. read it. What is the story? Like if you think about Elijah saying to the servant, there's a cloud. Go look. The, The rain's coming. Look for the cloud. Seven times he goes. Elijah's laying on his side. He's probably thinking, what the heck? This guy's lost it. He's got me coming at you looking. There's a drought. There's no hope. And then eventually he saw it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because the power of that story, because the prophet saw it, but he needed the servant to see because of the unity. And that's what we have to do on mass to overcome this on a spiritual level. Is that? And I was saying to everybody on my show the other day, the drought ends 
it cannot remain this way forever, you know, because it's become quite tedious. Yes. I mean, every day it's something else. We're just, it's, like I said, I'm getting too angry. I'm, I'm stressing out over this. I'm sweating. And, <laughs> but <clears throat> that cannot remain. Nothing. Right. One thing you can always rely on is change. We mm -hmm. should embrace change and be able to move with it because that's what being prophetic is. My dad used to say, you know, repetition dulls the mind, dulls the spirit. And so oftentimes we get caught up in ritual and not understanding what it's about and it becomes redundant, which is what the Bible has become for a lot of Christians. It's just a routine. Yes, you just, you believe. Of course you believe. It's not about whether or not you believe. It's that what is required of us now is more than just believing. We need to be talking to God. And and on some of those foundational things, we need to be in agreement, okay? We may not agree on everything. There's people don't believe in prophecy. The preterists, they all hate me. Oh. But look <laughs> yeah. they believe. So I will say to them, I forgive you, and I'm not trying to manipulate you. It's here. If you want to look at it, it's here. If you don't, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Nobody... Nobody has to send anyone to hell. We shouldn't be trying to send one another to hell. We should be saving one another from hell. And yes. so in this situation we're in, those who are not, those who are woke, that are not awake, we must be trying to grab them. Yes, give me Bill Gates. Give him to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I witness to him that I could save him? Or what about Hillary? My dad prophesied about Hillary Clinton. Sure did. I don't remember if he actually prophesied it, but I think he pray, was praying for it. I have to check that. But I said to people, people were getting all in an, an uproar about that he that he said this, that my dad said this. He's not even alive anymore to defend it. Right. And I'm saying to them, what are you freaking out about? Wouldn't you want Hillary Clinton to get saved? You want her to burn in hell. She's going to suffer for her sins. She yeah. has to live with herself. And I told them, you know, a lot of people find Jesus in prison. Yes, they do. Not impossible that these people might end up, some of them, behind bars or having to face what they've done. And that is when they'll find Jesus. Let me, let me tell you, let me promise you, when consequences are hitting you in the face, that is, you will be on your knees. So it's not impossible to imagine that. Um, so, you know, that's where it can become difficult, though, for me, because I get caught in the middle of these situations. No, I get that. Yeah. I didn't prophesy these things, but I, I do know, I know enough, I think, that I can help sort of guide through with in regards to my dad. This is my little patch, and I'm taking care of it. And I'll make sure if I find anything that you guys need to hear, I'm putting it out there and everybody gets to hear it. And I'm very good at that. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at making sure everybody hears what's coming. Absolutely. My whole life. So... That's what I have to say. No, it's, it's, and just in regards to that, it's, it's exactly how, again, how this all started. So it's, we, we were seeing what you were putting out. And we know a lot of people were doing the same exact thing. And I, you know, I go through Kim stuff all the time. I have a hard drive of just clips okay. of, of Kim Clement stuff that you put out that I've clipped down. And it's become this whole thing. And it's, it's not, um, like you said, it's a guide. It's it's a guide. It's you see these markers each and every uh, in these prophecies and and everything you prophesied in 2014 and obviously even beyond. We're now all seeing. We're seeing it all come forth. So how can people not be excited about that? And you know, I see a lot of the Christian community fighting against each other because they don't believe in prophecy. And I'm like, why are we fighting against each other? This is <laughs> no. I no. I actually stopped. You don't have to believe. It's all right. Yeah, I, I stopped trying to 
you're getting arguments about people. If you don't want to receive it, then don't. As Kim said, yeah. if you don't receive it, then you won't receive it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Uh, Chris, you. Uh... No, I was just. It's funny that you said even in a prison because that's where I was working in a prison. I didn't believe in God. I, uh, I, you know, and I told is all the time. It's in when I worked at that prison. It's where I learned that evil is real. It can look you right in the face and appear perfectly normal. But I mm. saw God in there. Like mm. I saw God in a prison. And and at my lowest, that's when I was like, well, because and there's an inmate. It's a great story. But he would always tell me every day. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I didn't do what they said I did. Um, and he would always try and talk to me about God. An inmate was trying to talk to me, a guy who didn't believe in God about God. And he would tell me, um, I'm in here for life for something I didn't do, and I know I didn't do it. And I've heard that story so many times. You hear it all the time. But I looked into his stuff because I, I could look at anything. I had access to everything. And I looked up his case. I looked at every. I was like, I really don't think this guy did what they said he did. Oh, my. And um, terrible, I, though, yeah. didn't it? And I told him. I believed him. Now, this guy taught himself five languages while he was in prison. He would help inmates with their legal paperwork. He would uh, just was just a great i'm like dang man what are you doing in here and it was at my lowest i thought of that inmate and was like if he can believe if god yeah. can save him like boom and great end of the story done he got out he won his he won his appeal oh, he got god. out yeah life in prison he was oh, in prison yeah. since it was 18 I'm years old because you yeah. do, do that, that is a nightmare scenario if you have not done something and are falsely accused. Mm -hmm. But it's also a testament to how God can turn around what was meant for evil for good. And he always will. He always Absolutely. will. Especially when the person is saying, help me, God. He will help. Mm -hmm. He will open a door. It, it's, a, it's astounding, actually. Yeah. His way that is, uh... I've seen it in my life time and again. In my dad's life, definitely. But in my own, too. That it's 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 a, it can be astounding if you just simply ask. People don't often think to simply do that, mm -hmm. and yeah. and God will answer you because he he wants you to. But he again he is the mo he gives the most freedom. God gives us the most freedom, and um, you know so anybody who tries to it's a religious spirit that will will be restrictive and mm -hmm. judgmental and, and and it is then becomes a misrepresentation of christ but at the same time people try to paint christ as just oh just happy and peaceful and that's not the case it is not you when something is wrong you deal with it there is a righteous anger when jesus went right. with, the, with the at the temple and knocked over the tables i mean that wasn't being nice and peaceful no you know, there's a lot about him that is not nice and peaceful. So they, then they try to portray him that way. And it's also a misrepresentation mm -hmm. because when something is wrong, you have to stand, stand up against it to do nothing. Is it for me at this stage, it's unthinkable considering some of the stuff we've heard is going on. We cannot do nothing. And so right. we can't say, Oh no, it must be wrong. We must question. And yes, we'll go down some rabbit holes and there'll be some strange things. Some of it we'll never figure out. Some of it will be wrong. I've been wrong so many times. But you learn from being wrong. I think I learn more from being wrong than I do being right. Because right. Uh, there's a process that you go through when you're wrong within yourself. And then you got to sort of right. adjust things. And so you remember that better. So it's always a good thing. You can always turn these things into something 
good, if that is your desire. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we, we have en masse uh, people who are, who are bounded and blind, and we have a responsibility to help them. And that, that's our biggest response, as hard as it is, because it is so bad. Right. It's so awful the way we've been treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that it is a focus on Christians. I've even seen in India, there was, uh, I interviewed a man the other day, he has a podcast out of India, and he was telling me about persecution of Christians there. Hindus. And you would never think of Hindus. Hindus are supposed to be so peaceful. But there's something manifesting. And this was prophesied in the Bible, like Bible prophesied, the prophets prophesied. Um, and you will notice that my dad, although he never prophesied about those things, sometimes it would come out of him, uh, a quote or something, and it, it would be sort of indicative that we are entering that time. Mm-hmm. And this is where the eschatology comes in and where my mom's side, the two of them together was very interesting. And they didn't always agree, so it could get quite funny because they would argue with each other. My mother was going on about the beamer seat and he started calling her his little beamer. <laughs> they had nicknames for everybody. I that's do awesome. too. I, I inherited that from him. That's awesome. That's so, that's, it's so cool to hear. And it's it's so cool that uh, you know, you've taken the time out of your day to come come oh, on our yeah, show. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and honestly, I could have this conversation for uh, uh, a long time. Uh, obviously, I would I would love to. We'd love to have you back on eventually here. Oh, oh, yes. You need to come on mine too. I, I Absolutely, do we'll, we'll set it up, and you guys come and talk to me over there and talk to my people about some of this stuff. I would love oh, to. I would, be so I would awesome. love to. It's uh, actually it's oh. it's something me and Ki- uh, me and uh, Chris said a long time ago. I think maybe a couple shows in, and obviously we're already invested in Kim Clement's prophecies at that point. And we're like, you know, one day, one day here, we're gonna get Donnie. We're gonna get Donnie. I'm, I'm glad I found you. <laughs> I'm really glad I found you. And I saw that, and and that the timing was perfect because I was already talking about all that subject, and I wasn't even thinking about my dad's prophecy about it. I'd forgotten. Yeah. But when I saw it again, I remembered it, but I I experienced it all over again. And it was really when I heard him shouting that knocking at your door, like the way he shouted that echoes through your spirit. There's some there's something like that's not just Kim Clement. Mm. Like that was God through saying, Hey, pay attention, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I'm doing, just running around. Come on, guys, we gotta wake up. Come on, it's gotta fine. wake up. You just come over here. We've got a very big enemy to, to overcome together. That's right. That's right. So again, we thank you. We thank you everybody for coming out and watching tonight. Again, this is this has been a lovely experience, and it's yes. again we could go into a depth about a lot of things, and uh, we could be here all night. But um, yeah. So until next time, obviously we'll we'll definitely be in touch. So we thank you, Donna, for coming on, Chris. Thank you you yeah. got. Absolutely. No, just, thank you. This was uh, like a long time coming. Like, like is said, we uh, we did say it was like one day, one day, you know, it, we're, it's going to happen. And here we are. It's been a long two years, yeah. you know, but uh, here we are. And yeah. Thank you so well, much. Thank you so much. To hear that. It, it really it, it makes me feel good to know that it had, that, that it did help. That's all I wanted to do was help. I could see there was a problem. And, and it, so it's good to hear that. And it's, it's just lovely to meet you finally. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. And thanks, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the night. And we will talk to you on the next one.